Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 22 through 24, and then we'll drop down to chapter 6 and verse 9. Look at two, two fellows. Uh, one is Enoch, and the other one is Noah. And both Enoch and Noah had something that was very much in common. Uh, there's a lot of things, really, they had in common. They both lived in in evil days and bad days and days where uh, it got so bad, uh, particularly at the time of, by the time uh, of Noah came around, uh, it got so bad that, that God decided to wipe out the whole earth and start, start fresh from Noah. The Bible tells us that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the, in the, the coming of the Son of Man. Um, we're living in those type of days today. And um, so because of that, there's something that's extremely necessary that both of these men uh, made sure that they did, that uh, we need to be mindful of as well. Let's all stand together, if you would. Genesis 5, look in verses uh, 22 down through 24. Verse 22 says, And Enoch walked with God. After he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Then go with me over to Genesis 6 and look down in verse 9. It says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask your blessings upon this time together in your word. We pray that your word would go out in power, not my power, because I don't have any. But Lord, the uh, power of your Holy Spirit can work in hearts and lives. And Lord, we depend upon that every time I get up to preach. We just all depend that, you, that you're going to take the words of God and apply it to our hearts. We pray that you do that today. And that you'd work in our hearts. Help us to see the importance as individuals and as whole families and as a church, really, walking with God. Uh, Lord, uh, these are desperate times and these are desperate days. And there's a, a, lot of, a lot of variation and a lot of change going on. But one thing should never change for a Christian, and that ought to be a steadfast immovable walk with the Lord. We pray that, uh, Father, that you bless this time together in your word. Speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Take your Bibles and now and turn with me to Hebrews 11, if you would. Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11, of course, is the, the faith, we often call it the faith hall of fame chapter. And it, it talks, the whole, the whole chapter talks about faith. And it talks about, um, gives us examples of people that walked by faith over and over and over again. If you look down in verses 5 through 7, it says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony 
that he pleased God. By the way, when you walk with God, you also please the Lord because he likes to have us walk with him. Verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Verse 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Both of these men lived in very wicked times, and both of these men are said to have walked with God. I think you'll find, if you, if you take a look at it, Enoch is a, a type of the church, and it says that he was not because God translated him. That means it just took him up bodily. And the Bible tells us in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians that that's what's going to happen to those that are here at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. During the rapture, he's going to take us up, and that will be prior to the time when the, when the uh, uh, tribulation takes place. And after, uh, during, after, the, after the rapture, uh, during that tribulation, the, the focus goes from the church to Israel again. And uh, uh, Noah is a, is a type or a picture of Israel. So you've got, you've got the church going up, and then you've got Israel going through uh, difficulty and tribulation. And that, of course, that's what, that's what Noah went through with the flood. But it, it, there's one thing that's common about both of those people, and that is it says they both walked with God. You know, uh, I think if, if, uh, if there's anything I'd like God to be able to be, be said of me, and again, this is God saying it. This is the Spirit of God making a comment on, on, uh, on his people, and he says there's two, there's two guys that, that without question, they walked with me. And so I, I want us to take some, some time tonight and take a look at what, is it, you know, what does it mean to walk with God? What's involved in that? You know, it's a, it's a succinct little phrase, but it really carries a ton of meaning. And so we're going to take a look at, at walking with God and just exactly uh, what, are, what are some things that in general are true uh, with, with us and God when we're walking together with him. First of all, uh, you can't walk with God and the wrong crowd at the same time. Uh, Noah did not walk with God and with the wicked. Now, he lived with the wicked, but he didn't walk with the wicked. He walked with God. His, 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 uh, his walk was distinct. He, 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 he stuck out from the rest. We were talking about in men's prayer meeting last night uh, how that as the days get darker, and they are definitely getting darker, uh, and society is more turning its back on God, Christians really have an opportunity. We have a tremendous opportunity to stick out. You know, when the, 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 the darker the light, the brighter, the darker the night, the brighter the light shines. And, uh, and we have that opportunity to shine for him. But it's so important that we walk with God. Take your Bibles and turn to, to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. 
says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now, you can't do both. <laughs> it's one or the other. There's no middle ground on that thing. Uh, if you are uh, walking with God and meditating on the things of the Lord, then uh, you're not going to be walking with the wicked. And verse 3 says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. It talks about meditating. And uh, meditation is just simply thinking on him and thinking on his principles and, and linking everything in our lives to our God. Uh, there, was a, there was a man who years, years ago put together a, a program for teenagers. And uh, I love the name of the program. In fact, I, I, uh, I did it for a while and it was a real help to me. Uh, it was called Conscious Christian Living. And that's really what God expects of all of us. Conscious Christian Living. In other words, linking everything throughout the day to the Lord, and thinking on him. Uh, go, go with me over to uh, Psalm 10. By the way, uh, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know why that is? You know why a, a person is blessed if they don't do that, if they don't walk in the way of sinners? Because attitudes are contagious. When you walk with wicked people and fellowship with wicked people. Now, there's a difference between living with them. You're in the world, but you're not to be of the world, okay? And yes, we have to, we have to live with people that are wicked. I understand that. That's the world. That's the system. But be careful of walking with them because attitudes are contagious and they'll, they'll flop over into your life. Chapter 10 of the book of Psalms, verse 4. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Now, if you look at that, what that gives room for is the wicked can even have God in some of his thoughts. But he's not in all of his thoughts. So what is it that God wants us to have? He wants us to have him in all of our thoughts. It is just simply... Uh, an understanding that we cannot walk with God and walk with the wicked at the same time. He wants our thought processes to be different. Second thing about, about walking with God is you gotta, you've got to agree with the one with whom you're walking. And this is just this is true not only of walking of God, with God, but just walking with someone, having fellowship with another individual. You've got to agree with the one who you're walking with. In Amos chapter 3 and verse 3, and I quoted this this morning, says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Well, the, the obvious answer to that is no, they can't go very far together uh, unless they have agreement. And uh, when it comes to the Lord, we, we, we need to agree with him, not him with us. Uh, you know, when it comes to God, we join him, he doesn't join us. Now, I realize that, that uh, when you ask the Lord to, to save you, he, he comes into your life. He saves your soul. He uh, uh, gives you direction. I understand all that.
But understand, we're joining him. He's not so much joining us. Uh, one of the things that I've, that I've noticed over the years, um, you get people that, and, I, and I've seen this, I've seen this many, many times, you get people that leave a church because of things going, going wrong in the church that they're in. And they see it, and they don't like it, and so they leave, and hopefully they leave properly. They don't leave uh, with a lot of noise. They leave quietly. But they leave, and they come to another church that uh, they, they see is doing it right. But in the process, what they start doing is saying, well, how come you don't do this? How come you don't do that? How come? Uh, how come? And what they're reflecting is what they came from. What you need to understand is when, it, for, for instance, uh, Adam and Melissa just joined a church down in Tennessee. All right? That church is not going to be like Freedom Baptist Church, nor is Freedom Baptist Church going to be like their church. It just isn't. But you know what? They're joining it. It's not joining them. <laughs> and they need to go down there with the attitude of, uh, hey, this is, this is our church and this is the way it is. And, uh, and just look for ways to be a blessing. Well, that's the same attitude that we have to have when we come to God. When we're walking with him, we're joining him. The uh, Bible says, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Now, that's talking to save people and just talking about just getting closer to God in our personal walk. But it says, we need to be the ones to draw nigh first now that we're saved. Draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to you. Uh, but it, it's us who is moving first closer to him. And uh, we need to, to, to have the same direction that God has. We need to have the same desires, the same goals, the same heart, the same joys that God has. And as we grow in Christ, we find out what those things are, and we can plug into them. The third thing about walking with God is, is, uh, is uh, uh, that uh, we understand that only one person uh, determines the direction. Only one person determines the direction. And it's God who determines that direction. In that respect, it's not a joint effort. You know, the Bible says... Uh, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Take my yoke. He doesn't come into our yoke. We come into his. Uh, we hook up with him. And what they tell me about, I'm not a farmer, never been one, but they tell me when you've got two oxen that are, that are pulling in the same yoke, one of the oxen is the lead ox. Not both of them, one of them. And he determines the direction, and he determines the effort. And uh, he's the one who, who guides and directs. Well, that's the way it is when we get into the yoke with the Lord. He's the one who makes that determination, that direction. Um, you, you, you see a negative example of that in the Old Testament. In fact, I just read about it this week. Uh, Abraham... Uh, got a promise from God. In fact, this is what, what uh, Karen was talking about tonight um, in her testimony. He got a promise from God and uh, uh, that his seed would be a blessing to all generations. Well, he got up in the 90s and he's saying, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> you, know, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, my wife's 
past the time of women, and uh, uh, it doesn't look like it's a possibility. And so he and his wife talked about it, and they decided that he would have a child through Hagar. Now, now the truth of the matter is, that was not God's plan. God's plan was, and of course you see it afterwards, even, even older than what they were when they did that. Um, you see it afterwards when God gave them, gave them Isaac. But uh, they took things into their own hands, and one of the things that, that you find that Abraham says after Ishmael is born, that's the one through Hagar, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Well, that wasn't really God's original plan. And sometimes we come to God and say, oh, that Ishmael might live before, oh, that my plans. Well, you know what? It's, it's, it's not... Not us that makes that direction and those decisions. It's God who does that. And when two are walking together, yes, they both have to be in agreement, but one of them has to determine the direction. Another thing about walking with God, the longer you walk with him, the better you get to know him. And, and you know, you can't rely on the past. You can't, you can't say, I remember... Uh, this was years ago in Green Bay. We had a, a fella and his son. My wife and I had him over for dinner. They had just recently joined the church. And uh, he had come from another church. He'd been saved for quite a few years. And he, he um, they came over, and the entire evening, what he talked about was, well, years ago... Uh, God did this through us, and years ago, God did that through us, and years ago, God used me for this, and years ago, God used me for that. And that, that's good, and I'm thankful for that. But the sad thing was, was that God wasn't using him now because he wasn't walking with God now like he was then. You can't rely on the past. Walking with God is something that you have to do on a daily basis. Is something that has to be continual or the relationship will deteriorate. Um, I can't tell you, uh, you know, there's been a couple of times I have gone into restaurants and, and uh, uh, sat down and look over and see a, I'm assuming a husband and wife is not a husband and wife, is a boyfriend and girlfriend. And uh, they're both sitting at the table and they both have their phones out. And the other person might not even as well be there. They just... And I'm looking at that and saying, man, that thing is deteriorating. It's deteriorating fast. One's doing their thing and the other one's doing their thing. And never the twain shall meet. Well, that's what happens sometimes with us with the Lord. Uh, you see, you, you watch marriages over the years. You can have a strong marriage in the beginning and a very weak marriage toward the end if you don't maintain the relationship. Uh, you know, that's our, that's our responsibility to do so. And, and, of course, the way that it is maintained is through communication. The more you communicate, the stronger the relationship can be. The less you communicate, the weaker the communication uh, can be. Communication is absolutely, is absolutely essential. Um, if there is no communication, or if there's only a one-way communication, you're not going to build a relationship. Have you ever had somebody that uh, you've met, 
uh, and and uh, you've met them for the first time, and you try to uh, start a relationship with them, get to know them a little bit, and uh, you start the conversation. You say, so, uh, what do you do for a living? I drive truck. Oh, well, good. Do you enjoy doing that? Yes. Uh, okay. Um, uh, how long have you been driving truck? 12 years. Okay. Uh, and you know, and the, the communication is really one way. It's not a two-way. You know what? You cannot build a relationship like that. Now, listen. God will talk to you. He'll speak to you through his word. He'll speak to you through the Holy Spirit of God giving you promptings in your, in your heart and life. Um, you know, uh, but we need to talk back to him. And that's, that's where prayer comes in. Uh, if there's, if there's, there's uh, uh, only a one-way communication, there is no real viable relationship being built there. And uh, in order to walk with God, we, we, it needs to be two-way. Uh, that's why God gave us prayer, and that's why God gave us his word. Uh, and, and the longer you walk with someone, and you can see this in marriages, you can see this in any relationship, in friendships you can see this. The, the longer two people walk together, the more they become like one another. Now, I got news for you. God's not going to become like us, okay? Thankful for that. But we become like him. We become like him. Uh, you know, there are, there are uh, times, and we, we, see this, we see this in our home all the time. Someone will start a uh, sentence and then will we'll stumble trying to find the end of the sentence. And the other person will fill in the blank. Well, how can they do that? Well, because they've been around them long enough. They, they know who they are, and they're becoming, they're thinking the way that the other person thinks. And that's our responsibility is to get to know God. And the only way you can get to know God is walking with him, spending time with him. And that's through prayer, and that's through the word. And another thing about walking with God, God does something special for those who walk with him. Take your Bibles and turn to John 14. Well, let me ask you something, and don't, don't raise your hand, but uh, how many of you love the people at Freedom Baptist Church? I think a lot of you do. I think if not all of you do. You love and appreciate the people in this church, but can I tell you something? I know something about you. There's some people you're closer to than others, and that, that doesn't mean that the people you're not close to are not good people. It doesn't mean that at all. There's just some folks you hit it off with better than you do other people. And, and uh, uh, the, the, the truth is, is that as you get to, to uh, know someone better, you get closer to them. And uh, you know, you're closer to some people than you are with others. Well, you ought to be really close to God so that he can show you things that he wouldn't show just anybody. You say, does God play favorites? Yeah, he does if you'll let him. You know, again, it's up to us. Uh, John chapter 14, look down in verse 21. This is what I'm talking about. It says, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them. In other words, we're obedient. God tells us to do something, we do it. He it is that loveth me. Now, does he love you? Does he love you anyway? Uh, yeah, do you love him? Yes. But there's something special 
about the love God has for those that are obedient. It says, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, I'll show him my hand. You'll see the, my, the hand of God in your life. The closer you get to God, the more you can see him. And one of the, one of the reasons why sometimes we have a, a hard time seeing God in something, whatever it might be. Listen, folks, <clears throat> there have been a lot of things been happening around here the last, I don't know, last couple of months. Uh, there's a lot of folks going through things. I've, I've talked with many of you. You know what I've heard from a whole bunch of people? I saw God do this, and I saw God do that, and I saw God do this, and I saw God do that. I mean in the middle of COVID. <laughs> I mean in the middle of, of difficulties and of tragedy and health problems and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what is that? That's people that are walking with him. When you walk with him, you can see his hand. Why? Because he manifests himself to you. If you're not walking with him, if you're not obeying him, you're not going to have him manifest himself to you like he does with others. Another thing about walking with God, walking with God is determined by choice. It's, it's not chance. It's not circumstance. It doesn't just happen. It happens because we choose for it to happen. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Jude. Jude is the book just before the book of Revelation. Just before the last book in your Bible. Jude, and look in verses 14 and 15. Jude 14 and 15. And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment, upon all to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Now, it was, it was Enoch who said that. Uh, why? Well, because he, had, he was walking with God. And uh, uh, God, does, God does special things for us, but it's a choice that we make. We choose to walk with God. He was in a, he was in a situation where the, the majority around him were not walking with God. If you're going to walk with God, it is going to be a choice. You're going to choose to do so. Uh, why, why did Noah walk with God? Because he chose to. Uh, he, he, he made that choice. He made that decision that he was not going to go the way of the world. He wasn't going to go the way of the majority. He was going to walk with God. And then the, the last thing about walking with God is you only walk with God when you're convinced of the necessity of walking with him. Um, take your Bibles and turn back over to Genesis 5. This is where we started. Genesis chapter 5. In Genesis chapter 5, look down in verse 22. I find this very, very interesting. It says, And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. When he had a child, he started walking with God. Uh, I wonder why that is. 
Well, part of it is you realize the responsibility that you have, and it wakes you up. But, but you, know, you know what he did is he, he saw the necessity. Uh, what all was in the thought process when he decided to walk with God, I don't know. But I know this, that he was convinced that it was necessary to do so. And when, you, when you're convinced that it's necessary, you will. Um, you know, I've, I've heard it said, and it is so true, that uh, you are only as close to God as you desire to be. Uh, nobody else makes that decision for you. If, you, if you're close to God, it's because you want to be. If you're not close to God, it's because you're not convinced that it's a necessity and that you need to be. You look at Noah. Again, uh, Noah went against all society. I mean, he was building a boat in his backyard. There was no water around him, and people were laughing at him. You know, I believe that one of the, fa fa uh, one of the favorite sports uh, during uh, Noah's day before the flood was arcing, <laughs> going out to the ark, you know, and, and mocking Noah. And he was. The Bible says that he was, he was mocked and ridiculed. Uh, but, but he decided to walk with God. Why? Well, he did so by faith. And by faith, he was convinced that it was going to rain. He'd never seen rain before, but he was convinced of it. And, uh, and God showed him that. Uh, he, he, he realized that he had to walk with God. And so because he was convinced of it, he did. Until you and I see the need of walking with God and be in agreement with God, uh, we won't do it. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20, I think really, really applies to this, this whole concept. It says, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. You want wisdom? The answer is simple. Just walk with God. Walk with God. Now, how can you do that? What are some... What are some practical ways? It's easy for us sometimes to just throw out flippant little phrases and sayings. You know, walk with God, be right with God, draw close to God. Okay, but how do you do all those things? What are some practical ways you can walk with God? Let me give you some practical ways. Spend time in prayer. Have a definite time in prayer, but also every day spend time in prayer in indefinite times. Now, here's what I found. If I'll have a definite time then, uh, then I will be more likely to have those indefinite times throughout the day. But let your thoughts drift to him and uh, use opportunities. As God brings someone in, and I, I've had this happen, I'm sure you have too. Um, all of a sudden, just out of the blue, God will bring somebody to your mind. There's a reason for that. And uh, he wants you to talk to him about that person. He wants you to pray for that person. I'm convinced of it. Uh, on, on Sunday mornings, I spend some time uh, praying for preachers in, in particular. And uh, oftentimes, while I'm praying, God will bring a preacher that is not on my list or will draw my attention to a preacher, a particular preacher that is on my list. And, and I realize, listen, I, I, I need to, obviously, God's bringing my attention to that person because that person needs particular prayer. Um, talk to God and, and spend time throughout the day, not just your prayer time, but throughout the day talking to him. And then, then another way we can walk with God is read our Bible, spend time in the word of God. 
And, and all that simply is, is prayer is talking to God, and the Bible is God talking to you. That's what builds a relationship. And uh, uh, if you have opportunities, and I like to do this, I not only read the Bible, I listen to it when I read it. And I do both at the same time. Uh, you might uh, have the opportunity when you're in your car or whatever, you're going down the road, uh, you could just, uh, man, today you can get all kinds of free Bible reading apps. And uh, you can just make sure you get the right translation, okay? <laughs> make sure you get a King James Bible because there's all kinds of other junk out there. But, uh, but you, uh, you, can, you can be going down the road, hit the button, and man, there's the Word of God, and you're listening to it as you go. Um, sing and listen to good music. That, you know, that, that causes us to have a communion with God. Um, I'll tell you, uh, something, something was going on uh, during the, the morning song service this morning. Uh, I could tell. Folk, you know, we were singing songs like we always do, but in particular this morning, God was using those songs to minister some hearts. You could hear it. I could hear it. I could hear it up here. It was just plain as day. And, uh, and I'm not saying that that always happens exactly like that. It doesn't. But, but it certainly was going on this morning. And God has a, a way of, of drawing us closer to him as, as, we, as we sing praises to him. Uh, another thing you can do is you can, you can uh, write scripture out on cards and take them with you and, and uh, look at them throughout the day. Again, some people are better at memorization than other people are. And if you can, if you, if you can try to memorize scripture, but meditate on it regardless. You know what I found? I found if I meditate on a verse long enough, pretty soon I find myself memorizing it. And I memorize it by default, not necessarily on purpose, but just because I thought on it. Um, uh, another thing you can do is to uh, meditate on two things. Meditate on the words of God, the Bible, but also meditate on the works of God. Uh, I believe there was a testimony tonight about being able to look backwards and see how God had worked in the past, and that gives you confidence for the future. Uh, remind yourself of things that God has done for you. Remind yourself about how, how good God has been to you, and, and, and express that to him. Thank him for his goodness, and thank him for his mercy. And, and don't just... Don't just walk with God during your daily devotions. It's, there's, it's, it's easy to get into that habit of just kind of punching in the time clock, of a putting in the time, I've read my Bible, I've spent time in prayer, now I can go on about my day. Your mindset ought to be, now I can go on about my day with God and have him in the forefront of your conscience all day long. Um, it is possible, and I, I found myself doing this from time to time. I've seen other people who have done the same thing. You can be busy for God and at the same time not walking with him. We just get so caught up in doing things for God that we forget about the God whom we're doing things for. Your mind and your heart 
and your will have to be engaged and surrendered to Him. We're, you know, we're, uh, what, second or third week into uh, a brand new year. And uh, one of our goals ought to be as individuals is this year I want to walk with God closer and more than I ever have before. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you would emphasize upon our hearts the importance of walking with you. And and that's different than just reading our Bible and just praying and just coming to church. But it's having a mindset. And it's having a mindset that we're joining you, that uh, you can determine the direction in our life. Uh, Basically, we, we put ourselves in your hands and uh, you are in the forefront of our conscience all day long. Father, I'm so thankful I have a God who wants to be personal with me. And the truth of the matter is, Lord, you want to be personal with every single person in this church tonight. God, uh, you, you have a desire to draw them close to you and to manifest yourself to them. But we have to make a conscious decision, and that is daily. We have to have a desire to walk with you. Lord, please speak to our hearts tonight. Uh, Maybe that has not been our determination. Maybe that has not been our goal. May tonight be the night that we lay it upon the altar and just uh, make, make a special effort throughout this week to walk with you. You have been so faithful to us. And and I'm so thankful for your faithfulness. I'm so thankful for your goodness. I look back over my shoulder and, wow, uh, you have been so good to me. And Lord, you have been so good to the people of this church, the families, the individuals. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us to to realize that goodness And may it cause us to have a desire to want to walk with you consciously every single day. Uh, The the wicked do not have God in all of their thoughts. Uh, Our desire tonight is that there wouldn't be a a time when we're we're, uh, walking around in this world when we don't have you in our thoughts. Uh, Lord, may you be in all of our thoughts, all of our ways all of our actions that we might be totally and completely submitted to you as we walk with you. Bless this invitation. Speak to our hearts, and as there's needs in our lives, may we respond to it as you show them to us. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. It's all.